We keep it alive. We keep it kicking. And we make sure it's sassy. It's the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. Are you ready to take your business further? Hello and welcome once again to the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. I have taken my time to say that. I have deliberately said it that way because I have been away for a while. I haven't done any podcasts for a while. And hey, why? Why haven't I? Hey, life happens. You know what I'm saying? Life happens. It's not always as perfect, but life happens. So I took I took a bit of a breather and um, decided, hey, it's lockdown. Why not? Let's get people inspired again, because that is the whole idea of the podcast. In the first place, it was to inspire people, inspire people who are in business and who want to go into business. And the whole idea really is to, you know, bring people who are in business and are doing well, who are doing exploits. And so they could tell us, you know, how they scaled through how they scale through challenges, how they emerged into their greatness. So once again, welcome to the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. My name is Shade, aka Sassy Shade. And on the show tonight, whoa, I have a lady. You know, sometimes in life we have, you, you know, you just kind of have like a connection. A connection happens and sometimes it just happens and sometimes you know it's divine in this particular case with this lady i sincerely believe it was divine it really was divine and in the world they were like man it's a bit freaky man the way we met but it's not freaky it was divine and ever since then i have latched onto this lady she ain't going nowhere Mm -mm -mm -mm. she ain't going nowhere soon and thank god we connected well we gelled we're gelling and we got plans but in the meantime i thought hey i have to bring you on everything with everything that i know about you in a short space of time i think it's i think it's wow it really is wow so ladies and gentlemen i'm going to introduce to you producer director and nollywood producer director her name is ada ajomali Ada, welcome to the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. How are you? Thank you, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, good, good. Thank you. And thanks for coming on short notice. Thank you. That's fine. I'm so privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I guess people are going to be more privileged just hearing you and hearing your stories. Because when you told me about you and what you do, you know, and how you got there, how you got to what you're, you've been able to achieve in such a short time, I just, I felt really inspired. And I think when you are meeting people, that person, it's good for that person to kind of know better than you and be, be more on top than you are because that way you learn and you glean and you grow. I'm one of those people who love growing. So ladies and gentlemen, enough about me. Ada Ajomale is an actor, a producer, a director, a screenwriter, everything. Her story, you know, she went back, according to her, she said she started late. She didn't start late, honey. She was young, 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 young. I started late. I started late. <laughs> If you want to talk about people Saturday, woof, woof, woof. I'm one of those people, but hey, you know, we're better late than never, yeah? But with Ada, she um, was, she started as a missionary. Um, she came in from Denmark, as she said, and she was also a trainer. And in between times, she worked with a consul and was also a housewife. Ain't nothing wrong with being a housewife, but when you're a housewife, there's a tendency to be, to create and to think 
into, you know, to delve into what you really want to do. And that's what happened with her when she said she was going back to school to learn film. Ada, tell us more. Tell us more. (laughs) okay thank you thank you so much um well yeah so like you said clearly said I was a missionary started off um as that um I worked as a trainer so missionary trainer um I also worked as an outreach leader and then I started to have the babies (laughs) and then we came to the UK um, with another mission organization, mm-hmm. um, but it was mostly my husband in the forefront. At this point, I was, you know, being a housewife, mm-hmm. looking after the kids. Yeah. And um, I also worked, like you rightly said, part-time. At the time we lived in Warsaw, so I, I worked with Birmingham City Council for a little bit. And um, while I was doing that, it just became so monotonous and I just started to feel very restless and I like, yeah. more than this. This cannot be my life, you know, like a no no for creative. I know, I know, right? Like I was just like, you know, you just know when I, I remember having this conversation with you and and I remember you said you woke up. I think that was what happened. Yeah, I woke up, you know, and I started to wake up, I should say. And I said to my husband, I want to go and train some more because I just feel like I'm not flowing, you know, I don't know how else to explain it. Mm -hmm. So I went at the time to do a degree in um, biblical and intercultural studies um, at All Nations um, Christian College. So I got a degree, it was very difficult with kids and Mm -hmm. had my kids got an extra kid even while I was in the degree. Um, But for my... So yeah, that's what happened. And then for my dissertation at the time, mm. I decided to, because I had the option of doing an art pathways, what they called it. So I spoke to my, um, I, I spoke to my course leader and I was like, I, I feel like I want to do something, you know, I want to do a movie because mm. um, I'll just go back a little bit. I had studied performing art prior to this. I had thought about doing movies. I'd been involved in a few like acting, you know, mm. uh, but for me, I just thought, hey, okay. And, and with also encouragement from a couple of people, mm. why don't you do this as a movie, you know? And my course leader, she was really excited. She was like, yeah, go for it. So that's when I started um, working on The Unveiled Truth, okay. um, which is a 36 episode wow. series. Your first <laughs> time ever, you brought out 36 yeah, well, it wasn't just, I have to just make a disclaimer and say it wasn't just me. I had help. Okay. Okay. So I was a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the producers, but I didn't direct it. I, we had several directors. I was a producer. My sister worked with me as well. And there were several writers. I was one of the writers as well, but I produced, I produced it. So I produced, we produced 36 episodes of The Unveiled Truth. Um, some of it was shot in Nigeria. Some was mm-hmm. shot in the UK, someone shot in the USA. So we had different directors. We had actors from all over the place. So yeah, it ended up being 36 episodes, not all at once, but we did it in bits. We first shot 13 episodes and then a few months later we did um, the rest. That Um, must have been really tough. It it was. Shooting here and in Nigeria, child? Yeah, I know. It It was tough. 
but it was exciting mm. because um yeah at the time i mean there's so much i've learned over time and i've said this to you already mm. um but yeah at the time i didn't have all the money i needed for example and i had to trust god i guess god met me where i was at the time okay. i remember sometimes on set waking up and and the production manager saying to me we don't have any money and i'm like god we don't have any money <laughs> Okay. And everyone was on set. We were actually camping somewhere. And I'm like, we don't have any money means there's no food to eat. Mm. There's no money to put fuel. You know how Nigeria yeah, is. Yeah. No money to put fuel in the generators. There's no money to put fuel in the vehicle that's going to take us to the location. And mm. I was like, okay, God, there is no money. And, you know, and we saw God providing amazingly awesome ways, you know, like wow. that day before I got out of bed, there was 100K in my account, you know. And I was like, what? You know, and that's how God did it one, one step at a time, one day at a time um, for us with the unveiled truth. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't easy. And like I said, we did it over, you know, it wasn't just a one-time thing. We did it twice. We did a few episodes. I think we did 13 episodes when I went, then I went back again. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so I need, sorry, I need to stop you there because yeah, for somebody who has, you know, decided to take the plunge. Yeah. You start with something really difficult. So you were you were basically, how long did it now take you to do this? Because I'm thinking in my head, if you're traveling between shores, Nigeria and, you know, the UK, Nigeria and the UK, when did you eventually finish this? Or is it something that you had known that, hey, this is going to take time. We're just going to do three and then we'll do 10 and then we'll do... Like, what did you do? How did you scale through that? Um, we initially just, I just initially wanted to do 13 episodes. Mm. And so the first time I went, we did 13 episodes. And then we just, I just felt the story hasn't ended, you know, and we kept writing. <laughs> and there, <laughs> were, there was more episodes. And mm. we're like, okay, there's no way I'm going to finish shooting this now. So we planned to come back again. It was, it was, it was, I'm sure it was like the next year. Now the dates are fuzzy, sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay. We decided, okay, we'll come back and do this, you know, the, the other 26 episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it wasn't immediately. It was like the year after we had time to strategize, work on the script, you know, undo some of the mistakes we made when we're doing the first 13 episodes. Yeah. And if you see both episodes, you'll be, you probably will be able to tell that, okay, there's a difference, sort hey, of. Hey, hey, mistakes, we learn from them. We learn from them, don't we? We learn, we do. So, um, yeah, so I did, it didn't all happen all at once. Like mm -hmm. when I was doing my dissertation, I shot what I needed then. Okay. And then that, and then I, it kind of kick-started the whole thing. And then I went back again the next year to finish um, doing the episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and finally just saw I had 36 episodes. We shot some in the US as well, but I didn't go there. I had a director there who directed and- Wow, had a the badge of honor, man. The badge of honor, I take my wig off to you. <laughs> so to date, you have about eight. Uh, Ricochet, Sincerely Yours, Goodbye Mother, Happiness, Ceci, um, Invisible Woman was a documentary, 
Ingloriously Nappy was also a documentary. I quite liked Ingloriously Nappy. If you're a hair buff, if you're one of those team natural girls, team natural women, you would love this. So uh, moving forward, what were, how did you scale through the challenges? Because I know besides the challenges of you that you've just described about going to Nigeria and have to come back and run out of money and you know not preparing properly. How did you scale through the, um, the challenges of the aftermath of producing? Because once we produce, we want to sell, don't yeah. we? You know, we want we want stations, you know, to run and say, hey, we want, we wanna, we wanna, we wanna air your, your show. So how did you get through that? Because I know that's usually the, the problem with a lot of, especially that I know of. I don't know about Bollywood, but I know about Nollywood. Um, yeah. A lot of people do produce movies. And from what I've heard from other producers, they produce and they produce and they produce and they produce and just have it in some vault on, you know, hoping, you know, they're going to be able to sell it. And that's like money sitting somewhere. So how did you scale through that? Well, um, initially, you mm. know, it was just, like I said, you know, I'll go back again. I said, I, I made a few, mis- I made quite a few mistakes initially. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, initially, it was just about, I have a story, I want to tell it, that's it. I don't care who's going to watch it. You know, I didn't really think about my target audience, where I was going to market it, till it was all done. And I was like, okay, we have 36 episodes, what are we going to do with them? Hmm. Um, and then I tried to sell. You know, I, I tried to go to the usual market at the time when we shot it, which was kind of Iroko TV, hmm. um, What's the other DSTV? You know, those were the places we went to at the time. See, Iroko, the no Iroko, yeah, it's Iroko, the one that's quite tough to get into. I heard absolutely, I still haven't gotten into them, just so you know. (laughs) I still haven't got to gotten into Iroko, but yeah, I did try those ones, and then that was when I realized all my life, you know. I really need to have thought things through first of all before I even started because the markets I thought I could target were like, oh, you only have one known face. Who are all these other people? And they refused, yeah, they refused to take it. And and the, and the TV stations that would actually take it were now like, oh, okay. Um, yeah okay you know what don't worry bring it we'll, we'll do shared adverts and and once once you we've run it through we we'll get advertisers for you and then you'll get half of the money you know mm-hmm. did all the plan mm-hmm. gave it to like <laughs> gave it to a tv a state tv station mm-hmm. they showed everything everyone was like whoa you know i'd come to jaws and they'll be like oh wow we know you but I didn't receive a penny from that aside Ooh, from the <laughs> shady, shady, shady. <laughs> um, and, and that happened a few times as well because um, a couple of it happened in some states as well where a couple of TV stations um, asked for it and said, okay, advert share, and that didn't happen. Um, so that yeah, that was that with Unveiltru. So with that one, I kind of then we also tried to sell it as sell them as DVDs. Mm. Boy, that with, must have been tough because there's you know there's the fake industry to you yeah. know to battle with. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was tough. Um, we had to target certain specific places, you know, where you know people, where people know people, mm, because mm, very mm. difficult. As you know, with the DVDs, it was very difficult to just you know randomly sell without going through the normal marketers. Um, so yeah, that that was a bit hard. Was so until this day, I still have some of those DVDs. I tell you, um, you so I, oh, wow. I, I totally do. And not being there, trusting people to market for you, a lot of things happen. People were doing their own thing, and oh. yeah, uh, that that ended up being a bit of a disaster. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, there are so many lessons I learned with that one. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I don't know if you want me to go on because moving forward, mm -hmm. I then decided, you know what, uh, I need to think about who my, my who my target audience is, mm -hmm. where my target platform and market is mm -hmm. before I even start to you know the niche with the first one was just like we have a story we have several stories we want to tell them that's it mm. you know about anything um I don't regret making it you know because quite a few people watched it I didn't make a penny from it mind you but yeah a few people watched it and um so that was good we're still planning to um, bring it on social media like it, it's come it's going on YouTube soon so more people hopefully oh brilliant um, brilliant I think I think that should definitely happen so yeah. from from you know from what I'm gathering from you whew, you you your challenges I would say are probably acceptable because you were fresh you were new you were giddy yeah. you were like yeah 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 totally excited you know you've made a decision to change course you have and here you find yourself writing so many episodes so obviously you got kind of swept away and I believe they smelt that in Nigeria <laughs> because there's a sense there's a strong sense of smell of anybody who comes in that's from abroad and you know doesn't really know <laughs> I know. This is not even a they do. Like they know. Like, uh, mm, this one I did this. You know, no, you know, and they will they, you know, people, some people took advantage of that, the fact that I didn't really know what I was doing. I was advised even by some, oh, let's just do it, let's just do it. Because the thing about making movies, and I can say this as a, as a filmmaker, it's like a bug you're beaten by, and, and it's like you just want to be on set, you yes. know, it's a yes. high, there's a high with it. Yeah, and so this, you know, there are a lot of people around me that were like, just like, let's just do it, let's just do it. And I was thinking, yeah, let's just do it without mm -hmm. really thinking about, okay, after that, then what? <laughs> you know, who, who's going to watch it? Who's going to see it? Who are you yeah. making it for? And what platforms? Um, of course, by the time I was making my next movie, which mm. was I had learned, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kept learning, I still learned with that one. So um, with Ricochet, I was like, okay, fine. We need a hot, what they call, you know, hot face. Mm. Um, because like this thing was going DSTV at least, you know. Mm -hmm. So we, we, I started talking with someone who, who are the faces they recognize. So with, with Ricochet, we got at least two, three known, well, two main known faces and mm -hmm. a couple of semi-known faces. Um, and um, thankfully, mm -hmm. we were able to sell um, to DSTV. You know, it, was, it, it wasn't automatic as well. It was a whole process. Mm. But um, 
that went on DSTV. That was like the greatest. I was so happy. Not like I got paid a whole lot, but I Mm -hmm. I got paid. Mm -hmm. At least you got paid something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, what advice would you have? I'm sure you should have like a a whole file (laughs) of advice for for new new people, especially if they're trying to enter the Nollywood Nigerian market. Do you think, you know, it's a totally different ballgame if you're here? or if you are planning to sell here and focus on here as in Europe uh, or Europe and Nigeria, do you think there's, there's you know, the difference is, is a bit clear cut where in Nigeria, as you just said, you need a known face. I don't really buy that, you know, I don't buy that at all because it's just, it's almost like, um, uh, the barber's revolving chair. It just goes round and round, just goes round and round. And how do other people who are coming up, how do they get to that place where they are known? Exactly. I, I totally um, agree with, you know, your sentiments of why do we need to have a, a known face for it to sell? That's my, what's my thoughts exactly? Because these people don't come cheap. So um, for me, um, what I'm going to just say is, look, it depends on who your target audience are. Mm-hmm. If, if you're producing something that is just going to go on social media, and social media is not just now, I, I should correct myself, especially these days. Exactly. Place to be. My kids don't watch TV anymore, for example. You know it. They're on social media, they're on Instagram, they're on YouTube. They watch things that they want to watch. They don't yes. see television. They will not watch DSTV. Many people, even young people nowadays in Nigeria would not, you know. So all those things are going a bit obsolete. So, you know, again, I said, like, I would just say again, it depends on who and where your target is. So if you are, if you are looking to go into, say, you're you targeting the Nigerian audience, for mm-hmm. example, and you want to go and do a premiere in Nigeria mm. and eventually go on DSTV and blah, blah, then mm. you want to use faces that people would know because some people, the people you want to know about it, you know, would not watch it if they don't see the faces. Now, yeah. if, you're just, if you're targeting, and I'll stop saying just, if you want to go online, mm-hmm. you know, no one, as long as it's made well and you yeah. have a strong story, and I've done me, even me personally, you know, I've I've what I've gone on Facebook mm-hmm. and I see a story, mm-hmm. don't recognize any face, and they're like, click here for the rest on YouTube, and I'm like, bah, 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 you know, because the story is so strong, exactly. and it with or without the source. So again, it depends on where you're targeting, who you're targeting. If you unfortunately, it's just the way it is now, if, if you do want to go into the Nigerian market, then you need to use, um, again, where in Nigeria are you targeting? Because for example, if it's a Christian TV, you know, if you are doing a solely Christian thing, which is not targeted at Nollywood, but targeted as at the church, mm. it's not such a huge, huge deal because, um, the church is a bit lenient with that. But having said that, we have church hot faces as well. I mean, look at Mount Zion, yeah, you know, they, they, they have their own um, brand as well that people subscribe to. So yeah, yeah they've been at it for, for forever. You know, they've been at it forever and they've been building exactly. up and building up and build up and they've been doing so well. So yeah. um, going, moving forward with 
with, I just think, you know, it's marketing is key. And I think the right marketing, especially in today's market, just like you, as you mentioned, young people, a lot of people are watching on the go. Yeah. Okay. And just as you mentioned just now where, you know, there was, there was a teaser of a movie, you watched a little bit and you're like, man, I want to know what happened next. Yeah. And you're clicking, yeah. you're not wondering if so-so-and-so was on it and if she's on it, okay, I need to watch it, which actually takes away from getting the story, yeah. having the viewer get the story. That's, yeah. you know, because if you're bringing out a, if you're bringing out uh, a movie and it has a very strong message to it, and it's not just entertainment, a story there's a message that you're trying to get across i if if the known face is so in your face does the story get told enough for people to really get it and grasp it yeah you lose it yeah i mean again i would say it depends um I, I totally agree with you because sometimes in the name of getting a, a, a known face, we lose the, you know, it becomes like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like those people are implanted there just to show yeah. a face. Doesn't, yeah. you, know, you lose the main thing you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Again, I would also emphasize it depends on who your target audience are mm-hmm. or is. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing I would, the main thing I will advise someone up and coming, which mm-hmm. I am too, well, I am still open is that is, is, is know your craft, you know, so that if the, 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 you know, the main thing we're focusing on now is doing it well, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not going to be using faces, which we are hoping, I mean, from what we have talked about, why can't we to become faces? You're an actor. You, you, I know you are an actor. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. Why can't we become the faces, you know? Um, <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make is, the only way we will stand out is if we do what we do very well. Exactly. You know, ex- we, we need to aim for excellence. And that was something that I think I, I became aware of as time went on. Mm-hmm. Um, after I made Ricochet, I was like, you know what? I've just been learning on the go with this thing. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, walked, I've seen what people are doing. I've just gone with the flow. I kind of learned on the job, mm-hmm. uh, doing the job. And I said, you know what? My, my new key is excellence. And without actually studying, being deliberate about studying, because for some people, they don't need to go to school, but they are very deliberate mm-hmm. about actually studying the craft. I had to go back to do a master's degree wow. um, in filmmaking. Um, wow. just and 2019, sorry, just a couple of years ago, isn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, I went back to school in 2019 to do a master's degree in filmmaking because I was like, okay, I don't want to just be one of the many doing it. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to understand what I'm doing. And I also want, especially because we live in the UK, I don't want everything I produce to only be exactly. in Nigeria. Exactly. I want to do stuff that people in the UK will be able to say, yeah, this is a UK producer and filmmaker as well, which it, you know, I am. Um, so, and the only way I could, I, I could understand what UK quality it looks like for me anyways mm. me I had to go and study I had to go mm. back because what just kept coming to my head is be a master of your craft mm. you know don't just make it anyhow just because for some of us because you're you know you say you're a Christian we're just trying to get the message out there uh-uh let's be good at what well, like I said I've made a lot I mean I can't have <laughs> made a lot of mistakes I've told you just I mean, yeah 
there, 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 there are quite a few mistakes I've made, even trying to produce for other people, you know, and in the name of, um, oh, I want to do this cheap for this person, mm-hmm. I, I didn't take enough money and then ended up making a low quality product. Yeah, yeah, which, nah, which nah, they're nah, now nah, upset nah. about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, wh- what I should have done, and now I know that's the first thing my lecturer said when I got into the, the money, you know, money is such a big thing. First yeah. of all, don't use your personal money if you can help it. Second of all, you have to have enough money to do a production. Don't yeah. even begin a production if you don't have enough money to do it, because then you don't get it to the to the quality that you wanted to get to. Mm. And that, that, that I made that mistake quite a few times. But okay. going, going back to study, that taught me so many things that I didn't see before. So I, I'm so happy that um, I, for me, you know, I needed that to be able to. Wow. Uh, wow, yeah. wow, wow, great job. And, um, and that, well, we're gonna be moving forward from, from the marketing side of things and going straight into the message. I see that some of your movies are quite strong in um, in relaying messages. A particular one I'm on about is Happiness. I watched Happiness and mm. my heart sunk. My mm. heart broke. The actors were really good. And, you know, cause they made you feel what mm. you were supposed to feel, you know, when watching or hearing mm. any kind of news of abuse, you know, it's a story about abuse and, I mean, tell us more about that because why you focus on on that quite a number of times in some of most of your your movies. Okay, um, for me, happiness was um, significant. First of all, I have to tell you that that was based on a true story, um, um, not mine, but based on a true story um, of a girl who came to the UK very similar of course we um added some stuff but yeah mm-hmm. based, it, it was totally based on a true story and and the reason why um abuse is such a strong theme in a lot of things i produce is because as and i, I can say that now because uh, you know i am healed mm-hmm. um I, I, as as a child i was sexually abused mm-hmm. by a so-called like a family friend um and that's all I'm gonna say. So that that's that's a very strong thing for me. My sister as well, um, and I, I remember one day talking to. There was about five of us. I went to visit my cousin, and I think she had about three friends there. And we were sitting down and talking. And when we were well, just as we were speaking, we just realized that I think there was five of us, and out of the five of us, four of us had been abused. And as as children, you know, in in one way or the other, and I'm talking about sexually, mm. and um, same as a couple of my other friends as well, who were not even there that day. When we just start to dig deep, it comes out. And I thought this is something that people are not really addressing, especially we. You know, like mm-hmm. when I say people, I mean people from our, my context, the background that I come from, the background we come from. Mm-hmm. Um, People are saying so much about this, you know. Um, yeah, maybe today now some people have started to shine the light on this, but <laughs> this is stuff that goes on and, and, and it's just swept under the carpet. Unfortunately, especially even in the church, you know, no one is really saying much about it, you know. Um, 
the the story about the girl in happiness that it's happiness is going to be out soon on youtube so you get to watch it people um is you know it's it's real in the sense that it actually went to the pastor and they swept it under the carpet oh gosh no that guy is such a good upstanding guy there's no way he would have done that mm. you know mm. and there are many kids who are vulnerable that we've heard stories without mentioning any names you know of people who have been abused as children in a place where parents have thought, you know, they've, they've trusted and yeah, put their kids there. Yeah. You know. But unfortunately, they have been, you know, sexually abused one way or the other. And so it's, and, and that was what I was thinking about when I decided to write happiness. I was like, this is something I want to talk about. This is something I want to shout about. This is something I want people to be thinking about that this actually is happening under our noses. And it's not just back then, Africa, it's right here in the UK as well. Wow. You know, many kids are getting sexual. I did a lot of research, you know, not only in the Afro-Caribbean community, a lot of kids are being sexually abused, you know, and, and that's something we need to talk about. We shouldn't, it's not something we should shy away from. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about ways we can help kids. We need to talk about the signs to look out for, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and that was for me the reason I, it was difficult to do happiness because it was like, you know, even watching it, knowing I was directing it and knowing it wasn't real, it was difficult to watch some of the scenes, you know, um, given that I knew, oh my gosh, you know, this not exactly, but yeah. similar stuff happened to me, happened to so many people I know as well, mm, you know, wow. um, yeah. That is really tough, but you know, good on you for doing that for, I am also one person that really believes in getting the message out, not just creating a movie or a film for the sake of, okay, I'm a film produce, producer. What is the message behind what you're, what you're doing and who is it helping at the end of the day? You yeah. know, um, wow. So, whew. yeah, I did say it people that this lady, mm, there's a lot. <laughs> Is a lot to her. Uh, we've been talking for the past, I believe, 20 minutes or so now or more. And um, from everything that you that you have mentioned to me, I'm hoping that you know people who are listening to, to this are actually you know inspired and would learn from your mistakes. However, I wanted to mention that yes, we mentioned DSTV earlier. There's also Netflix. Netflix. And it yeah. seems to be, Netflix seems to be like the go-to place now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hello, I'm on Netflix. Hello, I'm on Netflix. It's da, 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 da. Yeah. you know, and yeah. that just shows that Nollywood has really grown. It has moved. It has aspired to greater, greater quality, you know, from, from you know, where we started. Where we started years ago you know so for that what would you say to people who who now today would bring out something and re relax on netflix like you know they meet somebody who's in netflix and the netflix guy says okay yeah i can get your movie on does that is that good financially also or is it just a name no, I mean, Netflix would pay you for your, I do, I'm not sure if, okay, I'll, I'll try and answer what I think you're asking, mm -hmm. but I am, um, if you, if you're saying is that good financially, mm -hmm. yeah, yes, in the sense that Netflix will pay you mm -hmm. once, they, you know, once they like what you bring to them. Mm -hmm. um, 
And the thing with Netflix is um, they have, you know, they have some set rules where your movie has to be this way, that way, that way, that way, that way. And they would take it if you meet, if you meet all the criteria they're asking for. And yeah, especially for an African producer, mm. um, and someone is offering you money that, you know, especially for someone who is up and coming that you've never, you know, especially if it covers your cost and everything, it is good money, you know, they would pay you for what you produce. Netflix will definitely pay. So I guess it's good, you mm -hmm. know, um, if that's where you're aiming at, if those, you know, if that's where you're, um, you want to target, then it, it is kind of, I have met a director though, who said to me, Netflix what's Netflix like they can't pay me um what I you know what I feel like this movie is what and I think that time we're talking about uh how how much did he say it was something like maybe thirty thousand dollars at the time and I was thinking what anyone pays me thirty thousand dollars I'm like hallelujah you know but he was like oh oh no and this is a Nigerian director he was like no 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 that's nothing. And he later told me how much he actually made from his movie. And I was mm. like, oh, okay, I now understand why he was saying um, <laughs> Netflix was nothing because he knew the quality of what he made. And he, I think he had the target audience in mind. He knew he would be able to get more. And he did. Mm. Um, so I guess it depends on who you are and where you're coming from. For me, <laughs> you know, um, I won't say for me, for anyone who is just up and coming and let, you know, that that's good money for yeah, someone okay. who's just that um yeah so i would say i have also i have also heard sorry about that i've also heard that um there was a particular nollywood star a very very golden girl uh i say mm. golden because i think the whole of nigeria loves mm. this this young lady and she brought out this movie and um it was rejected but when i watched the movie I could not see mm. why they rejected it, you know? Right. And um, that really shocked me. It really mm -hmm. did shock me. It was such, I mean, everything about that movie was on point. And um, yeah. it was rejected for one little thing. I think it was something to do with the language or the culture or something like that, I, which I feel was just an excuse. So, you know, I believe compared to our own, which is DSTV, there are these, you know, contentions that we need to deal with. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's the element of, okay, who do you know? There's the element of racism. There's the element of, okay, uh, so, how good is it? How, you know, what can we get from it? And for a lot of producers that are out there, up and coming producers, I'm hoping that we would have a body that would help for the Nollywood industry, you know, a living body, not just a body, but we have a body, <laughs> like a living body, a body that gets up and helps and fights for us. Because I've watched, um, whenever I'm watching a particular TV station here, uh, African stations on, on, on TV here, they repeat movies like it's going out of style. And yeah. I, they, they can only do that because they're not paying the actors. Um, what's, that, yeah. what's that word? What's that, um, I forget the name. There's a name they give to 
you know, where they pay them every time it shows, you know, they don't do that here. They, and I'm like, that's the, that's the only reason there's nobody fighting for these actors. Yeah. Because every time yeah. a movie goes up after it's the scheduled time, after it's run for the season or whatever, if it goes up again, the actors are supposed to be paid, but no. And they're getting away with it here in the UK. Can't, yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah, that's that's because, like you said, they don't have um, a body that fights for it. They don't have any. Um, the act, many people need to be aware of what their rights are. It, it doesn't work every time, though. For example, um, yeah. Anyways, I don't want to get into that. But yeah, um, contracts need to be signed. You need to understand what you're signing. You know, mm -hmm. um, before you even take a step. But for many people, especially back in Nigeria, mm. they're just looking for a job for now and they don't care moving forward. Mm. I need the money, I need it now. I don't care if you give me, um, you know, if, if, you, if you keep paying me for whatever, they don't, they don't really care that much, you know. Um, so, yeah, again, people should read contracts. People should see what it entails mm -hmm. before... And, and this is for actors now, not for filmmakers so much. Okay. Um, before you get into it, <laughs> there are some things you would act that would be a one-time thing, definitely. I, I would see that more things like maybe TV series or whatever, I don't know. But um, I, 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 I actually saw, uh, I read an article about an actor complaining. Mm. <clears throat> and, um, sorry, excuse me. That's okay. And for me, I thought about it as a filmmaker. I thought about it as an actor about how <clears throat> so many times, this, you know, this thing has been shown like 20 times and every time it's being shown, the filmmaker is smiling to the market. I, the actor, I got paid one time and that was it, you know, but that's the contract you signed. Wow. <laughs> that's the contract you signed. So I guess what we should be saying to filmmakers is consider, you know, kind of saying, well, if I make more money from this, I don't know, because um, again, you could argue on the other side, you know, when you're working in a company, you produce things for the for, for whoever your boss is, and that's it. You don't know how much that thing is going to be sell, sold. You don't know how much they're going to make. You don't know how many times it's going to be sold. All your, your, your agreed amount is what you get paid, yeah. a salary at the end of the month. Yeah. You've done your part. Yeah. You know, that thing might be sold 20 times more than you the amount you're going to get, you know, yeah. um, but You've signed a contract. You are told you're going to be paid a certain amount, so be content with that. On the flip side, as an actor, I know how hard that can be because mm. many actors, you know, you see a lot of actors and you think they are rich people. Yeah, they are famous, but a lot of them struggle financially, and I know some of them personally struggle financially. So this, we need to be thinking about the actors and thinking of ways we can help them, you know, um, as filmmakers. I think, you know, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ah, wow. About that. Yeah, we've said politics a lot. That I don't delve into, but yeah. <laughs> we have said a lot and I do really appreciate your time, appreciate you, you know, spilling all these nuggets to us. And, you know, you've actually come out being real, which is, which is, which is what we need, being real about the mistakes and, you know, the pitfalls and everything that you've had to kind of scale through, which is, really needed and which is which is what 
emerging integrateness is really about. You feel you haven't really, you know, you're not where you really want to be, but as far as I'm concerned, you have emerged and you're emerging into your greatness. And I pray you will continue and do more exploits in the film industry. So we have come to the end of the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been fun. Yeah. I, I hope you've had a good time. I have. Thank you. I really You're appreciate welcome. you. Thank you for the advice and thank you for all the nuggets that you have given. So ladies and gentlemen, yes, we have come to the end of Emerging Into Greatness and um, I do hope you've enjoyed it. And if you do need to get in touch with Ada, Ada, spill it. How do they get in touch with you? Um, at the moment, social media, Facebook, um, you look for Ada Ozodo, Ajomale, Ada Sarah Ajomale. Um, to my media services, which is the company, the organization that um, I am with at the moment mm. was okay. my organization, my production company, to my media services. That's on Facebook, that's on Instagram, that's on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, for now. I, we do have a website to mining media services of which I will pass on to you. So if anyone asks you, um, I will give you that and any other contact um, information people might want. Yeah, I'll put everything on the description. So thank you very much. And um, do you have a lovely evening? You too. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.